Welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, we talk about the burnout. So basically, <laughs> Nadia told me this morning, um, this is what we're talking about today. Because <laughs> I think it's something she wants to work on. Yeah. And probably something a lot of people, new designers, because that's what you are. I was like, I will do the ask another questions today. <laughs> but in short, I think it's something that I've been um, recently noticing str- that I'm struggling with. And just watching you, how you balance things. Long story short. When you have different clients, um, I've been noticing that sometimes I can get through it well, but sometimes I feel like I'm kind of slowly burning out and not necessarily crashing, but it can get so exhausting where you think, is this really what I want to do? Like, am I doing it right? Like, what's going on? Because you can be doing things X, Y, and Z right and how you teach, but at the same time, it's still very emotional. We always touch on that. Um, when you're dealing with people and you're dealing with the emotions and the stress of installing or how clients can be rude sometimes or clients can be demanding or just there's so much that goes into it. And then when you're managing multiple jobs and running the business, you know, and just looking at you, how you're running design for living coaching business. And then this entire store of like six, seven designers, you have so many employees, everyone's pulling for me. And I look at you and I'm like, just damn, how do you keep it all together? (laughs) And again, this is like, you're making me tired. (laughs) So many years of, you know, different seasons of your life when you were by yourself and kind of picking up and going when Kevin was in the military and then the season you are in now. And then I'm sure you had seasons where you're super slammed and some seasons where you weren't. And then just kind of touching base on what you do to, I guess, not cope, but like pull yourself together. Like what, what works for you and what would you tell us? And Well, first of all, I love the way you call it seasons because you're so much younger than that's her nice way of saying you're old as dirt. No, I'm saying <laughs> no, that, seasons, not at all. Seasons of your life. If I said seasonings, <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying um, because I see it. You want right, and you're going through a lot too. You're moving to another state. You have a lot going on, so it it is hard because our we talk about it all the time. Our job is very emotional, and and you're supposed to be invoking emotion. You're supposed to be building up emotion to clients. So it's hard to say that you're not going to do that because this is such, you, you have to have emotion to get people to buy what you're imagining, you know, what you're designing. And so because of that, it is, you are sort of all always on this roller coaster. And I always explain to Kevin, like at night when I get home, that part of my tired <laughs> when I get home, it's not like I was on my feet all day. It's that you're on all day. You're smiling, you're talking, you're entertaining it's like being the hostess of a party all day every day yeah and it does get tiring um and and there have been different times in my life and different things that I cope with and a lot of things that I've learned um but I want you to know that the the environment you're in now it's sort of where you where I'm glad for you because you were starting really from square one I mean you were starting with no design background you just loved interior design and this is sort of like teaching someone to swim by throwing them into a pool <laughs> because you have new customers coming to you every single day. So you're working on a project, but then you're having to go greet new customers, meet new customers, try to convince them that you're the designer for them. And and that adds to it, you know, and then you've got multiple projects running. When you're an independent designer, you can choose. You know, I I really couldn't do more than 
I say three, but two projects simultaneously is about my max. And that's when I started learning that it's okay to have a waiting list. It's okay to have people, you know, they have to wait a month or two months before you can meet with them. And sometimes if it's the right project, you know, if you know that that's a really good project and they're really ready to hire a designer and um, they're willing to wait, you know, you can get started. You can do your first pre, you know, the house call and things like that and get them scheduled, get them excited about stuff. But um, you, you're in control when you're independent and you balance your day. And um, for all of you out there, Nadia is moving to uh, Idaho and she's going to be independent and it's scaring her and she's nervous. And she honestly said to me the first day when she told me she was moving, I just don't know how am I going to start my business? What will I do? And I thought, huh, there's a course you could take. Um, <laughs> I know what I teach knucklehead. But when you're there, you will be in control and take one client at a time, which also takes the pressure off of marketing. I mean, you just have to find one, just find one. That's not hard to do. And that's not stressful. Yeah. So once you get the one client, my other really big tip is you have to have office hours, even though you're independent and you're working from your cell phone and it's just you and your house. Because the first couple of clients I worked on when I was out, you know, they're calling you at seven, eight o'clock at night and you have a son, you have a life and their house is not your whole world. But to them, it should be. And so you have to, you know, set boundaries for yourself. So you set working hours, you put it on your website, you put it on, you know, even on your business cards and say, my day ends at five or six. Of course, you can work after that or you can meet with them, but they're not allowed to call you after that. You have to compartmentalize and you have to protect your space at home. Mm -hmm. um, that's why when, you know, sometimes when people try to call me at night, I just don't answer because I have to do that for my sanity. I have to go inward <laughs> and, um, you know, wine can't fix everything. <laughs> Vodka isn't magic, but <laughs> there is a lot of that too. You know, again, oh, I, I did learn from a good friend of mine who I, I wondered why he, they work, he worked so hard. He, you know, he was a 70 hour work, work week. And, but on the weekends, I mean, they were, you know, climbing Mount Fuji and did live in Japan. Um, but he, he always said, work hard, play hard. And because his work was so hard, he needed to almost, not adrenaline, but but go all out on his weekends and really just get that, that built-up stress out. Um, I have a mini trampoline <laughs> that I jump on. I mean, no mm. joke. It's just to get stress out. I, I have all this emotion and I have all my thoughts going through my head. And sometimes I just need to watch a movie and bounce just to get out. Um, but I've had to learn that, you know, you, you do have to protect yourself. And then on the flip side of it, you have to get really good at being organized. And it's hard because we're all ADD and we don't, we're not good at organizing. Um, but, you know, when I'm shifting with multiple clients, I literally have to shift. I have all the folders, everything in one. And I, and I think to myself, okay, this is the project I'm working on now. When I used to try to do multiple, like looking for tables for everyone, looking for, it doesn't work. Even multiple rooms. 
I have to break things out and say, all right, I'm going to work on the Smith's living room today. And that's it. And I have my checklist. I need to find a sofa. I need to find a coffee table. I need to find a rug. Then section two, I need to find lamps. I need to find art. But, but you even chunk out and compartmentalize your projects. Because again, you're, you're looking through thousands of things. You have ideas. Your mind is always racing, right? And you see things and you'll, you'll easily get off track. You'll easily get You'll easily get nothing accomplished. And so you have to break up your projects where you can really focus and you can imagine the whole room and you can imagine how every piece ties together. And that way you don't forget details because otherwise you'll pull together and you'll get to the end and realize this looks like nothing they would like. This is nothing they talked about mm. because it's, you just got yourself too confused and and off track. But so compartmentalizing your your projects one at a time and um, making sure that you're protecting yourself. I mean, that's, that's number one. And it's hard. You go home and then, yeah, if your life is chaotic, I get it, you know, but friends help, <laughs> other designers help, chatting with other designers who get it. That's why I wanted to do the podcast. That's why I wanted to do the Facebook groups. No one else gets this industry. You have to be in it. It's very unique. Even having my husband come work with me, I asked him lately, is this what you thought it was? Is this all those years I went to work? Is this what you thought I did? <laughs> and he said, kind of, but no. Like, he, had, he didn't understand how involved we are. Like yesterday, for example, <laughs> the movers are coming to pick up the furniture for my client. And I decided she really wanted whitewashed on all the furniture. And I looked at him like, ah, it's okay. I didn't want to put all the work in. Uh -huh. And last minute, I was like, oh, hell no. So all hands on deck, me, Chelsea, our office manager, Jill, we're all rubbing whitewash the... Um, the I got to tell the story because this... <laughs> this is pretty much me sometimes I in a nutshell. I told my family last Which night, is why I sometimes I get so exhausted. I got out pictures. We need to send... We need to post these pictures. Nadia, that's yes. on your to-do list today. Okay. Um, we've, we've known about this client. This is... We've talked about this client a couple times on the podcast that was, I had a difficult conversation for 45 minutes because they didn't understand our industry and they didn't understand how we worked and our pricing and things like that. And so we knew they expected above and beyond. We really wanted to show them above and beyond. We wanted to show them, listen, this is why you pay not above retail, but this is why you pay retail for us because we're going to come in and style it and really make it personalized for you. We're a designer. This isn't just a furniture store. And so I knew this client, I knew her style, and we kept, Nadia kept saying to me, I hope the table's whitewashed enough, um, but I think it's going to be fine. Now that I see it, I think it looks great. It's going to be fine. And it was going to be installed yesterday. We didn't put the top on the base until yesterday, so we didn't see what the top looked like. The bases were more whitewashed, yeah, yeah, they were perfect. and the top was a lot of wood, dark wood. And... So I knew the install was coming up and she was getting, you looked kind of nervous. And I said, okay, let me look at this table. So does it look whitewashed enough? Just tell me now, because we don't want to bring it to the house and then have to pay to bring it back to refinish yeah. it or, and then, you know, bring it back again. So she was explaining to me, this is the funny part to me. She says, <laughs> as the delivery truck gets there and the movers are coming in, all right, what piece is first? She said, well, everything in her house is whitewashed. She loves whitewashed. This room this is going in, it's all white cabinets. Everything's white. So I think she needed more wood. I was like, huh? What does the client think? 
No, she picked it, but I know, but she picked it from a picture, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, this is not whitewashed. The top of this table has, it had a little bit of white in the crevices and the cracks, but it was not whitewashed. And I'm thinking to myself, if this client is used to whitewash and loves whitewash, she's going to freak when she sees this. So we have white wax. It's furniture wax. It's carnauba wax, carnauba wax. And then you actually mix white paint in it to the right you know, degree. And then you can rub it in and um, buff it off. And it, and it dries to a hard, clear finish. Enough so that that's what they polish bowling balls with, right, is that wax. So we grab the wax. It's also a really fast thing. It's not like you have to wait for it to dry. And yeah, we grabbed towels and we're like, okay, we need some microfibers to buff this off. And some of us were putting it on and some of us were buffing it up. And the guys are wrapping other stuff. And then she says, oh, we should probably do the bench too. What? You mean that bench that's been sitting right next to your desk for eight weeks that thing has been here? Now we're deciding to whitewash it as well, the delivery you, team. Like, made me second guess that. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to kill her. Pretty, that was I'm pretty I'm going to kill her. And we've already custom made a vase for this client. That was kind of stressful this week because the one she really wanted was backordered. It's still not going to come until like January. So I happened to have a vase that I knew would work, but it needed to be refinished. So we refinished that two days ago. And so it was just all of these little fires um, yeah. that, again, we should have whitewashed the table two weeks ago. We should have done all this two weeks ago. So then you have time to really emotionally prepare yourself before you go into that house call. Because then you had to set everything up and you had to smile and, you know, luckily like, they loved everything. And yeah, luckily they did, which they was said it, great. They said it was spectacular. But there was a point when then she texted me with a picture and it's beautiful. And this is the picture you're going to post today. <laughs> but she texted the picture of the foyer table with the two poofs and she said, oh crap, these were supposed to be cream. <laughs> <I> thought, <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? And I, literally, I'm in the office with Jill. Then I slowly slid off my chair and onto the floor. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, what's wrong now? And <laughs> so my answer was, did she notice? And you said, no. I said, because it's beautiful. Leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It, it was. Just, it was beautiful. But then that fabric, is that gray? Because I swear it's it was totally clean. gray. What the flip? <laughs> because I, in comparison to the Norwalk fabric, it was so cream that I was like, oh, I wish it was gray. So then, <laughs> and then yeah. as I'm doing it, I was like, Wait a second. This crap was supposed to match the settee. Like what? We have, we they bought this stuff in what May? Maybe June? No, they bought it in like September. Did they? Because okay. those were like custom order. It took eight weeks. Um, but then that fabric. Every time I looked at it, it looked cream to me, like a beige. So it was bizarre. And that's the thing. Like you're balancing so much, and like you forget things. And the other thing was. I swear, because Chelsea always says, things are going to start coming to you in the middle of the night. And ever since she said that, <laughs> I just wake up in the middle of the night with all my to-do lists freaking out. So that then that morning, the night of, I remembered something, but I, for, I forgot what it was. But I was like, oh my God, I have to grab that too for her. I forgot what it was. Yeah. But I was like, man, Chelsea, Chelsea put that in my head. <laughs> and I forgot. Oh, the rug sample. I was supposed to show her a rug sample. And I had forgotten for a few weeks. So thank goodness I remembered and I grabbed it to her house. But um, Did she like the rug? Yeah, but she's just on her own. With, I, mm, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I learned a good tip, though, which I need to get back in the habit of, especially now when I'm juggling all this stuff. Have a notebook next to your, in your nightstand and literally write down your to-do list and all of those thoughts into the book, close the book and know that it's there for yeah. tomorrow. 
because you've got to get it out of your head or then you don't sleep. Yes. And then you're stressed out and then you get burned out more. Yeah. I have so many to-do lists on my iPhone, like just lists. Yeah. I just, I can't. But it's a writing it thing. It's a yeah. physical writing thing. And it takes it out of your head onto paper so that you start to have comfort by that. Like it's not going anywhere. You're not going to forget it. It's there. It'll be there tomorrow. And it lets you really relax, like truly relax. And you ha- those are little tricks you have to do Yeah. because you're right. It is, you know, and then you've got to smile on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And the husband is so critical. You're just like, Ugh. oh my God. I know. But another question is, in your career, has there been a, a moment or a time where you just felt so burnt out and just, not necessarily I'm going to leave it because I know you've always loved it and you're so good at it, but was what, what situation were you in or client that you felt like that? And then how did you get out of it and learn from it or how you coped out of it. I know you have a fun thing, <laughs> recreational fun thing you do, but like what? Because it happens, you know, in just different seasons. Yeah. No, I never really did get burned out. But but that is also because I moved mm. 13 times. I mean, my business was always new. And I never had my, you know, I was never anywhere longer than three years really in one house. So it was it was always starting a business again I was always in that start a business mode so exhausting tell me about it but but because of that you know every place was a new adventure and worth the clients and then I have to go it was part of my job to go search for great furniture stores and search for fabric stores and which is a hobby so that's always fun um but it does get tough when you're dragging your kids around you know and that was probably the hardest thing is when the kids were little you know three and two and um, I mean, I have breastfed in a client's house. Mm-hmm. I I have brought my kids to more houses, to more furniture stores. To it, it's just part of being a mom, and that's one of the good things about being an independent is you can and and you can choose clients who understand that. Like I always chose my clients that had families and understood the kid thing. So if you do have to, there's an emergency or your son's sick or something that you don't have to worry about it because they get it. So that always was great, but. But it is hard because sometimes you do just need to, to to decompress and to shut your brain off. I know burnout's hard. And that's, again, why we do the system. You you have to keep something compartmentalized and you have to follow the steps, you know, A through Z and do it the same way every time. And then that you can control. So everything else is chaotic and these mistakes and things that come up, you can just deal with those. But you know your foundation is solid. Like, you know, you've got all the T's crossed and I's dotted. And I mean, that's how you have to keep it. That's why I I do the same way every state I've lived in, every client I work with. It's the same little system because it, that's, that's my constant, you know? And then it seems like the rest of it isn't. (laughs) Then all you have to deal with is their crappy personality. (laughs) So that really works. Um, I guess another question was, or is, I know that I am moving, which is so scary to me because sometimes I can come off as super confident, but I'm totally not. Um, So I have just been dreading this because I would have just sat here under Chelsea's wing my entire life. Like that's just the type of person I am. And so I feel like I can really resonate or is that the right Uh word? Resonate to so many of our listeners because like, I mean, your shoes, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do it? What is this? How do I find my first client? Even though I know, but just working in the store has been just such a different, um, what's the word? Not, uh, not lifestyle. Well, it is easy. It's easier. You've got your vendors. You've got support. Yeah. 
it's just a whole different um, business model. And mm -hmm. so for me to leave this comfort and all I've known that I'm really good at and to go start there, I'm like, oh, man. But you'll see it's the same. You just take the same thing you do here. You just have to find one client. And then, you know, you do your first house call. Then you do your touch base. Then you do your presentation. It's the same thing. It just takes time. It, it'll take you a little time to find your resources. But they'll be there. There'll be some kind of builders. You know, here is CFM, Contract Furniture Mart. Other places, you know, there's a, a bunch of them that sell to the trade at a slight discount. But that slight discount is enough when you don't have any overhead. You mm -hmm. know, you don't have to make as much when you don't have employees. You don't have your assistant. You don't have rent i promise we'll do a podcast on my first big girl client that i get <laughs> my first everything opening the client just doing everything on chelsea's order because i so firmly believe in all that you teach and all your order because that's what i thrive off of and it works just seeing the failures and the successes in our so many clients even just on other designers like mm -hmm. watching what they're doing right and what they're not doing right and how that applies to your kind of outlook and guidelines on things um it really does set you up for success so i know that but just the little the little me inside is like oh my god <laughs> you could do this now make checklist am i allowed to call you all the time yes well, of course you will on mondays allowed <laughs> no monday's oops. my shut off day oops butt dialed hi i have a question <laughs> monday's my i don't want to talk about work sunday even when my family calls me i'm like and they mention how's work? Nope, don't want to talk about it. Yeah. No, you have to shut it off. Don't drive yourself crazy. It is, it is a very intense um career. And it's interesting to see. I mean, you because you went you came in so passionately. Do and, you see me like fizzling out? Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's okay. Again, you have a lot going on in your life. Our little brains can only handle so much. The world is chaotic. Everything is chaotic right now. Everything feels uneasy. Yeah. I think another thing, um, just thinking about like my situation is like my identity as a designer. And I, th I know that's the very first thing you touch on in your podcast. And I remember listening to that. That really got me thinking, huh, like what a good answer. I mean, what a good question when you ask, like, what kind of designer do you want to be? First of all, establish that. Do you want to be in magazines? Do you want, like, who is your clientele? I think that also helps us be centered. Here, uh -huh. I feel like I'm all over the place, taking different clients, different, like, um, budget yeah. points and all these different things that I feel a little chaotic like sure you know but when you are independent and you establish yourself as who you are and that's kind of who you look for yeah and of course in the beginning you know money's money you'll take everyone you're you're ex inclusive is that ex uh-huh yeah yeah but, but that was but so not good really even I mean and that's a, that's a mistake people make too because you almost feel desperate and you need the money mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning you'll take the wrong client and then you'll really get burnt out fast. So you got to have a little patience. And and if you're setting everything else up correctly at the beginning and focusing, like you said, it's your brand, it's your concept, it's your niche, it's whatever. It's it's the business you've wanted to design. The right person will come to you. But don't settle. You mm -hmm. know, it's okay to to not hand your card to everybody. Yeah. You know. And one last question. <laughs> So when you have like a difficult client and it's just kind of a couple things going wrong here and there, and I know that you still always go off of your checklist so you avoid these things, but sometimes it can happen kind of like the client I'm dealing with, you know, yesterday. Yeah. To the point I'm like, there's so much more work that needs to be done, but they're just, I don't even want to get into it because they're, they're not allowing me to do my magic. Yeah. And they're just in the way and their own little thing and just budgeting their way through it. So I guess what I'm trying to say is how, how do you step back from a client maybe? If it gets yeah. so bad or just it gets frustrating and 
it's not going well, do you just finish as much as you can and sever uh-huh. the contract or? You know, I finish as much as I can and then pretend that's it. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Have a great life. It was really nice knowing you. Um, because you're, a, you're not a personal shopper. They're, they're not going to be happy with things that we find. They like to shop on their own. They're just afraid they don't have the design taste. Um, so I would almost with this, you know, customer, it'd be a design time kind of thing. You draw up the little rendering, you give them the idea, and then you say, good luck. But it's just, you know, it's something about, um, and, and Christina did it great the other day where she was working with another tough class, really tough client. And it could easily lead to, well, look for this for me, look for this for me. And she she said, well, okay, now that we've got this, I know uh, there's some things we're waiting for, some other decision makers to be involved. So I'm going to go focus on my other clients. I've got some big remodels that I'm working on. And when you're ready to get started again, then we'll get started again. But she took control back. You know, this is her business. And she's not going to let them call her every day just looking for, you know, no, this end table isn't right. Find me a thousand more. It, you know, she she told them. You, you, you have to wait. I've got other projects <laughs> and that's okay. They might get tired and, you know, go shop somewhere else, but it, everything happens for a reason. It's not worth it at the end. No, no. You have to protect yourself, yeah. but you always, you want to leave, especially this day and age when people leave you reviews, you don't want to leave on a bad note mm-hmm. or sort of fire them. So as, as much as you can, you just finish the things they've been asking for and quietly wrap things up i mean that's it so i think looking back the clients that i'm having a hard time with or that are really sucking energy out of me Mm -hmm. have been the clients that i have not just in the store um, atmosphere i had not i have not had like strict contracts with or really strict um written um agreements out and Mm -hmm. i think we've really improved on that and so these this last couple clients i'm trickling out of that's just been really hard yeah just to set myself up for success because it is so draining. It is so not not toxic, but if you don't come about in a right way when you're not in a good headspace, uh-huh. you can really just walk out. Yeah. Not not every customer should have a designer. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a um it's a power thing. You know, again, you're in their house telling them what to do. And not everyone is open to that. And if that's the case, then they shouldn't have a designer. Yeah. And especially yeah. when you always told me like, you don't want the very rich elite. Like yeah. you don't. And I think having a little taste of that, I'm like, heck to the no. Like, yeah. I, no, 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 no. I'm going to go to our sweet spot where we always talk uh-huh. about the families. Like, uh-huh. that is really the sweet spot. You do yeah. not want these high-end clients. It's just, I can have three normal people with that same amount of money than this one person that just sucks everything out of me. Exactly. So she needs more yeah. help, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm walking away. Yeah, no, I have built my entire career on, you know, that upper middle class where it's a nice family, they understand me, I understand them, they understand, they're grateful for the help. They're yes. grateful for the help. That's the thing. And they realize they can't do it themselves and they appreciate your talent. Yeah, and their life is enriched because of it. Yeah, they're not, they're not expecting people to serve them, you know, to work for them. It, it's, it's a different, it's a partnership. It's, it is, it's a completely different feeling. And it's a great career. I mean, that's, you know, if you had your favorite clients and mm-hmm. that's all you had to work with. That's, you know, yeah. that's the goal, the life. That's the way I've always built my business. Yeah. 
See, I'm just so grateful to be able to learn from you and even to have this podcast where we talk about this because you don't see this when you watch, you know, Netflix, and the, the new AGTV shows and the uh -huh. new like shows on Netflix on all the design shows. Everything's smooth and gray and, you know, they have a little hiccup, but they go over it. No, this is legit blood, sweat and tears <laughs> to the last minute, buffing out a table and a settee just to make it perfect. I'm like hustling, carrying all this furniture. I'm sore for three days. Everything hurts <laughs> from the sofa that, you know, they should have got delivery service, but they didn't. They wanted it themselves. But yeah. here I am lifting it for them, trying to maneuver it in through the door, almost dropped it. Now everything hurts. And I'm just, yeah. oh my goodness. Oh yeah. They don't, they don't show you that on TV. Like this is the real deal. And again, not to discourage, but to sell, to set yourself up so you're not having um, disappointments. Absolutely. And to have correct expectations. And again, that can also flow into, am I ready in the season of life to be all in? Like you say, this isn't a hobby. Definitely yeah. not a hobby. But if you're in a hard situation or you're moving or little kids and you're not able to comp compartmentalize that, yeah, um, that's def definitely something to really think about so you're not set up for failure. Absolutely. Part-time or full-time but not spare time. Yeah. It, 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 you can't do it. It's You have to be all in. Yeah. But, you know, you, you just put your business on hold for a while. Yeah. And then pick it back up. That's the nice thing about owning your own business, you know, running your own business. Mm -hmm. It's all up to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, stay tuned, guys, to see how well I do or not. <laughs> She's going to be fine. We all know it. She's just worried. But but that's the scary, you know, it's scary. But that's okay. It's part of growing and yeah, nothing great happens from... Luckily, I have you as my mentor and friend. Uh, you're so sweet. Thank you, everybody. I, I hope... I hope you're enjoying this uh, walk through Nadia's life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but you know, again, it's just like clients everywhere that I've lived are the same. Designers are the same. You know, we all have the same fears and struggles and worries. So hopefully this helps. And I'll work on my confidence. Yes, confidence. Happy designing, Happy Nadia. designing. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcast and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.